0: Lord, it's not supposed to be this way. God, I have faithfully loved you and I've obeyed you since I was a little kid. Actually, I thought Mary loved and obeyed you too. I've known her all my life. We have both gone to the synagogue. We've both learned about the scriptures. I even have continued my study, I've been learning a trade, but I go back each week and, and continue to learn even more of the scripture. God, what what is going on? The house that I'm building, the neighbors, what, what are they going to say? My future. God, this is so confusing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Let's pray. Father Joseph was confused. It didn't sound right. The story seemed absolutely ridiculous. This girl he was supposed to marry, that he would spend the rest of his life with, somehow God Things were all messed up. But God, you were part of this. You had a strange way to save our world. You designed a plan that was way different than any of us could ever think about. And you chose Mary, and you chose Joseph. Father, open up our eyes today. Give us your grace. Help us understand all that we're to learn from these amazing young people. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. You know, we've been focusing on Mary's Christmas over these last two weeks. Mary is a hero. Mary is not someone to be worshipped. Mary is just a really unique 14-year-old girl. She had an amazing relationship with God. She got or she received a special assignment and responds in a way that surprises every one of us. Given the news that she was given, her response is, "Hey, I am the Lord's handmaiden. You're my master. You're my God. God, if you want me to do this, I'll do this." Last week we focused on Mary worshiping. How she was so enamored with God, how she loved God so very, very much that worship and adoration just kind of flowed from a full heart. But now as we're going to see, things are going to get really messy. Really uncomfortable. If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to just read one verse here. And it's verse 56. Scriptures say this, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. You know, Mary stayed for three months with her cousin. As you recall, last week she, she left her town of Bethlehem, and and traveled to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was, well, she was pregnant in a very amazing way also. A rather older lady who God miraculously touched. And she began this new world you know it was so amazing is that Mary got there and there was some confirmation and and for 3 months it just seemed like a really safe place i'm sure because Mary was excuse me Elizabeth was a little bit older that Mary helped through the chores but but there was this camaraderie there was this fellowship there was this kindred spirit and then the scriptures say and then went back to her own home Home is supposed to be safe. I know not every home is safe, but, but home is supposed to be a place that you look forward to. Home is a place that, oh, you yes, I want to go back there. But Mary started thinking, life was going to be hard. She had left rather quickly after the angel had told her that she was going to, well, have Jesus in this miraculous way. Pretty sure she hadn't told anybody, pretty sure she left rather quickly, because that's what the Scripture said. So she was now thinking about going back home, being about three months pregnant. The scriptures doesn't tell us how long ago the kiddushin or the betrothal had started, Many of you recall again that back when you were 12 or 13 as a young lady, your parents usually arranged your marriage. And they would arrange it with uh, a man who was probably two years or three years or probably four years older. That moment. We know that that has happened. And we know that Mary was betrothed and that she had left. By this time, Joseph had been working on his home, working on their home. Maybe it was even close to done or even finished, but he was pretty excited because one about nine more months that they would have their wedding celebration. The whole town would get together. As you recall, Bethlehem wasn't that big, probably only about 25 families, but it was quite a big deal when a wedding was celebrated. And so Joseph was excited. He knew that Mary was gone for a little bit. He couldn't wait to see her again, although during this one-year time frame, there actually wasn't a whole lot of interaction. Even though they were considered married, they weren't really married until this celebration. But Mary started thinking she would have to tell Joseph This is the craziest story. She'd have to tell her parents. Who would believe her? I almost think Mary at this time started questioning God. God, how how can I actually do this? It's just way beyond me. You're asking me to go back and and tell them. You know, Mary had listened to her father, but it seems so complicated now. Initially, she was gung ho. Initially, she said, I I am your servant. I'm going to do whatever you want, God. But reality was, in just a few days, she was going back home. Let's read what happens. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 1 and start reading at verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged, or betrothed, to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, a few things pop out to me here. First thing is, God's plans are really odd. They're not always odd, but but this one was extremely odd. The story continues, and they're just trying to understand how this all works. God asked two ordinary, obedient people to join him in his plans. In fact, this kind of excites me. Because if you really look at your life, and if you look at your history, and if you look at Well, how God has put you on your journey, my guess is you're pretty normal too. And God chose some rather ordinary people to do some extraordinary things. He chose Joseph. And we've been focusing over the last few weeks about how young Mary was. Could could have been as young as 12 I'm landing on 14, and if we understand this, Joseph was probably 16, 17, or 18 years old. He was chosen to be the earthly dad or the stepdad to Jesus. You know, Mary was remarkable, but so is Joseph. The scriptures tell us that he was a righteous man. Now, some of us may read that and think, "Well, he was perfect or sinless." And no, the, the word "righteous" here is an Old Testament, or is the the word that we would use for an Old Testament saint, an Old Testament believer, someone who, in the eyes of God, is righteous. Righteous means he was obedient, yet gracious. Gracious. You see, after he heard the news. He could have done a few things. And again, I'm not sure how Mary approached him. I'm not sure, again, if she rode a cart back, if she walked back, if she was on some kind of an animal. But pretty close to getting back into Bethlehem, I'm pretty sure she made a beeline over to Joseph. And she started telling this story. Well, after Joseph heard the news, we know he didn't believe her. We know that. And you probably wouldn't have either. I mean, this has never happened before. There there might be some crazy things on how kids are born, but this one was fresh. This one was new. And honestly, she shared her heart. And I'm sure she. Joseph, I'm telling you, an angel came. I am telling you, I have been faithful. Joseph, you got to understand, do you believe me? No. (laughs) I I don't believe you. You know, I mean, was it a soldier? Was it? Come on, something had to happen. I'm telling you, God did this. Well, the scriptures tell us he didn't believe Mary, but he was a good man. He was a godly man. He was a man, again, that wanted to, well, not disgrace her, literally at this time, if a man like Joseph found out that his bride was unfaithful, two things could happen. One thing, he could bring her in front of the authorities and she could be stoned or killed on the spot. He didn't want to do that. But literally the word um, that Joseph said is that I am going to divorce her. Very hard to understand. Engagements, you hear of engagements being broken all the time. This was a whole lot more committed than an engagement. And Joseph, because he was a righteous man, wanted to divorce her quietly. I'm not exactly even sure how that happens. If there's only 25 families in a a town, divorcing quietly is just not a possibility. All right. But Joseph wanted to do that. Then, and this is where it gets so good, Joseph hears from God. God's word changes everything. Again, puts Joe in a very uncomfortable situation. But God literally talks to him through a dream. And he says this, stop being afraid. In most of your texts, it almost sounds like, well, you know what? I can understand you might be afraid. But literally, the text is jumping out and saying, hey, you are scared stiff right now, Joseph. I get it. Because this is crazy. But I want you to stop. Stop right now. I'm in control. I'm taking care of this scenario. Stop being afraid. You know, God's Word brings us comfort. There's a lot of things in our world to be afraid of. There's a lot of things that just happen to us that cause fear. But even thinking about the future... And I think actually Joseph was thinking a whole lot more about the future here. Hey, don't be afraid to walk forward. I'm going to be with you. Secondly, God's word brings direction. He said, take Mary as your wife. Now, we've already kind of covered this, but literally what he was saying is, Let Mary move into your house. You're not going to have a normal wedding celebration. You're not going to, you know, have this thing where the whole town joins. Literally, you're living apart. But I want you to bring her into your household. I want you to marry her. I want want her to be your wife. Well, again okay, it's maybe a little bit earlier or this or that, but the truth was the reputation. People would be wondering, this is so odd, this is not how it's done. Mary goes away, Mary comes back, and it won't take long before Mary begins to show and the people start talking. Lastly, God's Word brings understanding. Mary had already told Joseph it was the story too hard to believe, so he didn't. But when God talked to him and shared exactly the same story, it started to make sense. He said, this baby that's in Mary is special. I I just want you to know. It's special because this baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Mary has been faithful. God is doing something special and he will be the son of God. No other virgin has ever done this before. But God decided to give us a savior in the most unusual way. He said, this baby will also save his people from their sins. This baby will be our Savior. You know, the truth is, is that every one of us, well, are born sinners. We're also sinners by choice. And God knew that sin separates each one of us from God. And because we're separated from God, that is not God's desire He came up with a plan, not one we would come up with, but he sent his son because he loved us in a most unusual way so that eventually, well, about 30 years later, he would be crucified on a cross. The perfect God man to pay your debt and my debt so that we can have our relationship restored and we could be redeemed. We could be reconnected with God in a new, in a fresh way. The baby is special because it is literally God with us, it's God in the flesh. God not only sent a sacrifice and not only someone to pay our debt, but God sent someone to show us what God looks like, to see how God responds, to see how God forgives people and loves people and cares for people, because it's really hard to understand who God is. But in God's design, He's given us Gospels. He's given us the Scriptures. And we can see how God responds and how each one of us are getting chipped away so that we look more and more and more like our Savior. This baby is also a fulfillment of prophecy. You heard the kids quote Isaiah chapter 7 and 8. And over and over and over again, you're going to hear on Christmas cards or see on Christmas cards and hear in Christmas carols. But this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Now the truth is, there's been some debate over the years in Isaiah chapter 7. Is it really just about King Ahaz? and, And there was some things that Israel was going through, and God was promising some comfort. Well, that's part of it. But God also predicted this very special Savior that would be born probably 700 years later. And that was Jesus. You see, what's so amazing about Joseph is that he's obedient and submissive to the king in every detail. Look back in Matthew chapter 1. Starting in verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Now again, I don't know if you guys mark your Bibles. I don't know if that's just something, you know, that's, uh, um, something you've never even thought of. But I encourage you that this is a love letter and this is a textbook. As God talks to you, as certain words jump out to you, I would start marking it. I'd start putting uh, some notes in your scriptures so that as, as you read this, you remember some of these things. But for me, when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord commanded, as in yellow. Because what's so amazing is that he understood completely what it meant now to obey God. And he obeyed God in spite of the cost. But I also read this. He commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relationships with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. You see, I'm pretty sure that seeing God as our sovereign king puts things in perspective. I'm pretty sure that that as We have a relationship with the king and understand who God is, and we pick this up. It isn't just a bunch of suggestions. It's the king. It's our master. And the better relationship we have with him, the more obedient and submissive we are. The more we trust him. And when things don't even seem to make sense, we still can listen. That's where Joseph was. He responded quickly as God goes in a different direction, in a really hard direction. As they said, he said, Mary, Mary, I want you to take Mary as your wife. I want her to move into your home. I want you to start caring for her. I want you to protect her. So in spite of, well, the timeline and the reputation, and although nobody in the whole village is going to believe anything, you take her in. And he did it. He named the baby Jesus, which again may not be a big deal to you, but there was no Jesus in his family. And the truth was, again, is that this was a big deal to pass your name down. God, if you want me to name this baby Jesus, I'm going to do that. Because it has greater meaning. He's going to be Savior. And lastly, I want you to abstain from intimacy until Jesus is born. You know, you look at all of these details... He was obedient in spite of the cost. This is an amazing blending of the miraculous and the ordinary, the divine and the human. The one who is born affirms God's presence and His plan as Savior. This was God's plan to save the world, an awfully odd plan was a righteous man with a real dilemma. No doubt it was well worth the cost of listening to his heavenly Father. It's hard for us during this Christmas season not to look at Mary, a 14-year-old, or Joseph, 16, 17, 18-year-old, Who have been given an amazing assignment. And wonder what God is asking you and me to do. Father, we just thank you again. For not only this amazing story. But Father, we thank you for Mary and Joseph. Lord, no one would have believed that you had a plan like this. And these two young people, I'm sure, were shocked and appalled. For the rest of their lives, they would live with a stigma. For the rest of their days, it would be a privilege and a struggle. How awesome! to have the Son of God growing up in your home. But how hard. How hard at times, God. So we ask you, Lord, that as you open up our eyes, that we would see that you are a good, good Father, and that you ask us to do things, and to respond, and to be obedient, because you know what's best. Lord, you not only sent your Son to save a world 2,000 years ago, but we have an opportunity to share that message, to be able to encourage one another to trust our amazing God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're so grateful that you sent a Savior to die in our place so that our sins and our relationship, our sins would be taken care of and our relationship would be restored. We ask you, God, that you'd continue to give us courage to trust you in spite of some of the hard things that you ask us to do. Lord, I pray even this morning that if there is someone sitting right in one of our chairs that that doesn't know you, that may be heard for the very first time in spite of all the, the Christmas stories that have gone on, that Jesus is our Savior and we can restore a relationship with the Almighty and begin that adventure. We pray even now, God, that you would encourage them to take that step of faith. We thank you, Father, again for being so generous to us. And we just pray, Father, as we receive our offering today, that we would give because of our love for you. We pray, Father, you would use this offering to do your kingdom work. We pray, God, that you would make a difference in all these neighborhoods and areas and even unto all the parts of the world. We are grateful for your love and pray, Father, that you receive this offering from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. so glad that you came and worshiped with us today. We do trust that... As you enter this holiday season that we call Christmas, a time of great celebration when the King chose to come and change our lives and change our perspective, we trust that you are ignited and encouraged. Uh, After looking at the young Mary and Joseph, and saw how courageous they were to trust God with the most unique plan. As you leave today, we trust there's some new faces around. I hope you greet them and and welcome them. And want to encourage you if you're in the area. Next week we finish our series, our our series of Mary's Christmas, and it will be a little um, less formal. We're gonna have a family time together here on Christmas Day. Thanks so much for coming. Have a great week. And may God continually be the focus of our worship.